You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and if I sound a little muffled or muted, I apologize. I'm recording from the road in a hotel with moderately thin walls. So, you know, I got to do what my uh, what my neighbors didn't do last night. Remember that you're not at home. No matter how loud your noises are, people may be able to hear you. So with that in mind, I won't be yelling or shouting or screaming or any other noise that might disturb the people around me. I apologize ahead of time, but Drake, buddy, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just, you know, acclimating back to the work week after, you know, a fun time celebrating one of our best friends getting married this past weekend. Shout out to Parker and Aaron. You know, congratulations. You know, we we loved, you know, being there for a special moment. And hey, it was great. But we are here now to shift over and talk some FC football. That's exactly right. Yeah, we love weddings, but we also love football season. In fact, if you were to wedding crashers me and say, what do you like better? Football season or wedding season, that answer is football season 29%. Of 100% of the time, I love football more. So this week's going to have a theme just like the last two weeks have. We're going to be talking players. It's going to be all about the players this week. We're not going to do depth charts. We're not going to do goals. We're going to talk about who the stars of the show are going to be this year. We're also going to talk about who we need to see improve and who we're the most excited about. But we can't say they're going to be stars because the proof of concept might not be there. So we're going to follow that format kind of this week. But before we do that, we'd like to do some scrimmage recap. They've done two weeks of practice now, as you probably have heard. If you're listening to this, you love FSU football, and you probably had an alarm set for the first day of practice. And last week, we let them get through the week before we started doing takeaways every single day. But Drake, I think we have enough now to talk about what we've seen so far, don't you? Their week of practice, they went culminated with going to Jacksonville, and they had a full-blown in-pads Offense versus defense, 11-on-11 11 11 scrimmage. That is the scrimmage to which we are referring. So the scrimmage, you know, from what I'm hearing is basically that it, we our offense actually did look, you know, somewhat, you know, decent and also competent from what the, one of the big things that I got to take away from was that neither Jordan Travis or Mackenzie Milton actually had any, you know, picks or fumbles or bad throws, which actually is a huge thing because that's the one thing that, we you know, we had a little bit of issues with. And apparently Jordan Travis also, he's – and I think you saw with the Seminoles.com with their highlights that they pulled up, his arm is markedly improved. And that was the one big thing that I was very, very, you know, wanted to highlight because we want to make sure that the dude, because I think he can be very special, especially with his legs. But with, if his arm catches up to that, maybe he'll be a, like what, maybe a Heisman contender. And to me, I think Mackenzie Milton being there has kind of pushed him to that. So, and from what I'm hearing too, maybe Dillingham, maybe be leaning, maybe a little, be leaning a little bit more over to, to your side, Max, the uh, Jordan Travis side. Yeah, and again, y'all know we want to see the team win. Whoever's going to make that happen is who I'm going to cheer for. That being said, I have maintained the position that Jordan Travis's upside, in my opinion, is far and away beyond what McKenzie Milton's upside can be because of what his legs can do. You know, if you get Jordan Travis to a 58, 59% passer, now remember, I'm not saying right now, I'm saying if they both reach their physical peak, I believe Jordan Travis could be a close to a 60% passer one day if he works at the craft. Add that to his legs. That's something special. Mackenzie Milton, even in his peak, was never special with his legs. He's a good runner. I mean, no doubt about it. He's an athlete. 
he was like Brett Favre. He would literally, you know, be able to get out the pocket and maybe extend the play just a little bit, or maybe like a Kellen Moore with Boise State. Like that's, that's the way his legs are. That's exactly right. And, but Jordan Travis is a great runner by running back standards. I mean, what he does with his legs is truly incredible, especially at the quarterback position. So I love to see his arm coming along. We saw Jordan Travis hang in the pocket, zip a touchdown to Keyshawn Helton. That was probably my favorite play I saw from the highlights because it reminded me so much of the play that I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing me talk about. The Louisville first down, third and 15, that Keyshawn dropped off his hands. Literally the same play. Three-step drop. Behind in the pocket, zips a slant route over the center, hits Keyshawn right in the hands. And this time, what does he do? Pulls it down into his chest, touchdown Florida State. Cool to see that. Cool to see Travis hanging in the pocket, even with a blitz in his face. And one thing I've noticed that that play showed me, other highlights have shown me, we seem to be doing a lot of, I don't, you don't call them stunts. I, I've, I didn't play O-line past like fourth grade, but a lot of movement with our O-linemen in pass protection. You know, we're bringing tackles around, we're pulling guards around to confuse the defensive line and slow down the blitz. And I think with this line, that's the way they're going to be good at blocking this year. They're not, they probably got stronger. They probably got a little bigger, but they didn't magically become Notre Dame caliber linemen. So with Atkins there to teach them those kind of things, that's how you turn two and a half second pockets into three second pockets. And that's the difference between a touchdown and a sack. And one of the big things that I, I, I heard also was that the quarterbacks actually had a like during, it was weird because actually during practice, they, there were a lot of times where the quarterbacks had little to no time actually for the play to develop, but actually for the scrimmage, it turned on. And apparently, you know, it's like Dylan Gibbons is apparently integral there. Lucas had a pretty good game until I think he was pulled due to an injury. But the one thing I also do want to point out and go back to the quarterbacks real quick is that we're seeing kind of a trend with Mackenzie Milton and the fact that apparently he is terrible at practice. And by that, I mean, going into the spring game earlier this year, me and Max heard, and we also saw that he wasn't particularly great in practice. It was kind of like Allen Iverson. I don't know if you guys remember that meme where it's like, you know, practice, we're not talking about the game, we're talking about practice, but during the spring game, he showed up and probably had the best throws of the day going into this first scrimmage. All I've heard was how inconsistent Mackenzie Milton was, where there was missing th- overthrows and all that. But then from the scrimmage, apparently he held his own with Jordan Travis. So, I kind of want to ask your opinion on this, Max, because we heard a lot about this, you know, with James Blackman last year, who was amazing in practice. Do you think that maybe that we, we even if George Travis is leading through practice, that we'll, McKenzie Mill will get this job because of how he performs in game situation when the lights are on? Because that is that is a kind of integral skill. Yeah, I, you know, practice is tough because you have your practice room heroes who are amazing in practice and can't translate it to the game. You also have the opposite thing. It really concerns me when you see that at the quarterback position because I need to know a guy's going to perform on game day. And performing on game day isn't what tells me if a guy can perform on game day. We need to see it week in, week out, day in, day out. I, and I wonder too, a quarterback is who you build your team around, right? Like that yeah. is not, it's not receiver, it's not running back. It is a different position. In my opinion, he's kind of doing the receivers, the running backs really everyone a disservice, the defense that's trying to practice against him when it's ones on the ones by not doing his best at practice. I need a quarterback that's going to do his best every single day, not one that we're hoping when the game's there, he turns himself, he turns it on and he, you know. But, but why it is it, but don't you think it's, it's because I know, I know Jameis Winston had the same exact problem. Because remember, there were, there were big things coming up for Jacob Colbert. They want people, people want him to start. But yeah. then for the scrimmage and the spring game, you see there's a completely different person that comes out. So it's like, do you think like those two, does that give you enough, like, well, say, how about this? If we have three to four more scrimmages 
and we have the same result where practice, you know, he's very inconsistent, but actually in game time or game like situations, he actually performs or excels better. Would you be fine with that moving forward? I mean, look, there's two questions there, right? I think one question is if he is much better than Travis in a game situation and Travis is better practice to practice, you go with the guy that's better in the game situation, probably. Unless it's, again, like I said, you kind of owe it to your team to be good every day, but I want wins, so I don't I don't really care how I get them. Now, if you're asking if they're close to even and Travis is practicing better, but they're on game, you know, in game situations, they're close to even, two things come into play for me. One, what about it is making him better in the game situation? And can you compare that to a live game versus a scrimmage? And I don't know exactly what I mean by that. I would know when I see it, right? Is is he better in the game situation just because he like cares more? Does that mean he's inherently lazy? Is he better in the game situation because maybe in drills he's not great, but maybe he has some intangible qualities that in 11 on 11 translates to successful mm-hmm. plays? That would depend on the reason. And I think, too, if they're about equal during every scrimmage, you kind of have to let the locker room decide. You have to look at, okay, who's who are they going to play for? Because it sounds hokey. It sounds corny. People play their best when they're playing with people that they want to play their best for. So if he's going to, I don't know, if, if, he, if the team seems to respond better to Travis, you play Travis. If they seem to respond better to Milton, you play Milton. If they seem to be pretty agnostic to who their quarterback is between those two, well, I think you just design a game plan, see which one's working, and then stick with the hot hand. It, it, I'll tell you what, it's a job I wouldn't want. Um, deciding a QB battle where there's no definitive winner, there's so many factors you have to weigh in your decision. It's not easy, right? You have to think, okay, Milton transferred in, so are you sending a bad message to grad transfers if he doesn't start? At the same time, you can have Travis for three more years, including this one. Does it make sense to try to start him and develop him more if they're about equal anyway and you don't think Milton gives you the chance to win? That's a tough calculus, right? Again, you got to look at the locker room. Who's got favor in the locker room? Because it shouldn't, but personalities matter. This isn't the NFL. It's not just a business. Heck, you have to look at things like, who are you playing? Does it make sense to have more of a passer? Does it make sense to have more of a runner? Who's healthy on the offensive line, I think, is going to matter. If you have a starting five that you're incredibly confident about, maybe you don't need Jordan Travis's legs as much. If you're three games in and you've had a guy go down to injury and you're playing a backup already, and then another guy like isn't feeling 100% in the pregame warmup, maybe you need Travis's legs. So I would not want to make this decision, and I really hope one of them distinguishes himself before the season starts. I know it's a kind of a diplomatic cop-out, but I, I, don't, I don't want it to come down to playing favorites like an Everett Golson, Sean McGuire situation, and we end up with a split locker room, and it just gets weird. I want no. someone to be my main starter. Well, I wanted to ask you that because I know how much like it's you've come a long way. Basically, you've been a bit big. You've been the El Presidente of Jordan Travis High, I think, since day one. I mean, the kid's a gamer, but then also you see from Mackenzie Milton. I mean, he's also a gamer. I think it goes to show how much better the quarterback room is now that we actually are basically we're compete. We have two quarterbacks competing last year. It was James Blackman and who? Right. We didn't. To be honest, this time last year, I don't care who you are out there listening. Try to look me in the eye and tell me you legitimately thought Jordan Travis was going to end up being our starting quarterback. No one thought that. It was James Blackman, or are we going to pull Chubba's red shirt? No one expected Jordan Travis to be who he was. Chubba gets hurt, and they still tried to start Tate Rodemaker over Jordan Travis, and look where we ended up with. Now we've got a legitimate QB battle. But before we get into that, I do got to tell the folks that if you're sweating like I'm sweating, trying to make a tough decision, or you just sweat on a regular basis, right now I'm in. Pennsylvania so it's it's actually pretty cool outside but 
still sweating, got to throw in the deodorant four or five times, whatever, you know, it happens summertime, anything above 70 degrees, your boy gets sweaty. Fortunately, sweat blocks helping me out with it. Uh, so sweat block is a little, it's interesting. They're like these wipes. You just use them like once a week, take a shower on Sunday. You hit yourself with the sweat block, both armpits. It just, it works. They have a money back guarantee if it doesn't. So don't take my word for it. Take their money back guarantees word for it. Go to sweatblock.com. Use promo code locked on. Get yourself a, uh, a discount when it comes, use it. They guarantee it's going to work. If it doesn't, you get your money back. So you literally have nothing to lose, everything to gain. And y'all know I love high ceiling or high floor, low ceiling type plays. So that's what Sweatblock is. High ceiling, low floor. Dang it, Max, you screwed that up twice. High floor, low ceiling. It's like a little, it's like a, it's like a dwarf's house on the, in the penthouse, you know? Floor's way up there. Ceiling's way down here. You can't go wrong. Money back guarantee, sweatblock.com. Stop sweating your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your coworkers, whoever, they'll thank you for it. As Max reads for sweat blocks after that. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping all the outtakes in today, folks. You're you're getting a full, you're getting a full view. Drake's just cutting out deep breaths, and that's it. We promised the people a player-centric week, and this is going to be a week about the players. So I want to start off with the highlights. I want to talk about who we think we'll be talking about in December as the best players in each of the major position areas. I'm not going to do position by position, but I want to go like offensive line. I want to go skill positions. And now I want to do kind of a total offensive MVP. So start with whoever you want. Uh, let's maybe start with offensive line because I know that's what everyone's biting their nails about. Who do you think is going to be the MVP of the offensive line this year? I think the MVP of the offensive line this year is probably going to be my boy, my fellow unit, Mr. Robert Scott, a.k.a. Goggles in the left tackle spot. That's where he apparently he's been – apparently they have enough faith in him from, to go from guard to left tackle, which I think is going to be huge for him. The man is huge. And also, Max, I don't know if you watched the um, the interviews that Warchant did. Actually, it was really good after the, about the way in conditioning program. And he was just like, – had the infectious personality. He seems like a great kid. And he – I think he was our best run and pass blocker overall for PFF, and that was his first year. Now that he has an entire offseason for conditioning and getting bigger, and also has DLT and Bill Gibbs helping him out. I'm actually very excited to see him probably push for the next level because I think he actually is a very, very uh, special talent. Yeah, I've actually heard a lot of the same things about Robert Scott. I watched that video as well, and he basically said he never lifted weights in high school. He was so funny. I was like, wait, <laughs> you, you just you got that big without touching weights? And now he's saying he's benching like 455 pounds or maybe squatting 500, crazy stuff like that. To me, I, you know, when I think of MVP of the offensive line, and I don't know if this is just wishful thinking, but I think we're going to get a big year from Bavion. I think if Maurice Smith can lock down that center spot and let Bavion now have spent an offseason and a camp and a regular season at the guard position, I just I, I want to believe that this is the year, the sixth year Bavion Johnson has been on campus. Like he's going to live up to that four star potential. And, and it really, it isn't just wishful thinking. I think we're hearing a lot of good stuff about him when he gets to be in that guard position. Now, he was like the number one center coming out of high schools. I don't know what happened, but he is he is better at that guard position. And if he can just focus on that, stay healthy, I, I'm really excited for what he can do. I absolutely agree with that, mainly because like PFF grades, like when Babion doesn't have to think about snapping, like you said, center, he is actually a very solid, dependable, you know, offensive guard. And like, hey, listen, like Babion, if you work there well, and if you solidify that spot, that's all we need from you. And like, him being at that side protecting someone, that's going to be huge for us moving forward. And Bavion, I mean, from all accounts, he seems like a great kid too. So I want to see the kids to see, especially with like six years. That rivals me and your time at FSU, Max. 
That yes, that does. I mean, he's in his sixth fall. So if he graduates before the spring, him and I are all tied up at six. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk about skill positions, dude. Who are you gonna go ahead and say can't be quarterback? Your skill position MVP on the offense this year. Ooh. Returning players only. We're gonna we're gonna get to new guys in a minute, but give okay. me your returning player MVP from the skill group, receivers, tight ends, and running backs. To me. I think the big guy we got to look for, even though he's a small guy, I think it's Keyshawn held in the slot. And personally for me, I think that's someone that we saw, like he was, I think the lowest ranked recruit in Willie's like first recruiting class back in 2018. And he became one of our most dependable wide receivers that named Tamori and Terry. And he was actually playing extremely well up until that knee injury, which last year you saw like not only probably hampered his, you know, ability to cut ability to run, but also probably his confidence. And from all accounts, he's gotten bigger. He looked comp. He looked great in the, in the scrimmage. We saw what the you know you said you shared the video with a long deep pass that he probably mm-hmm. would not have caught last year. And I think to me that he's going to be probably our most reliable and and probably our most targeted receiver actually this coming year. So I am probably going to go with Keyshawn Helton. Yeah, look, if he can be healthy and he hasn't lost a step, then I could see him having a really good year. He sounds like he's a really our only reliable, I guess reliably dependable receiver. That you hear his name all the time. We have a lot of names at receiver, but I don't know if we have a lot of guys that, for lack of a better word, can execute consistently. Now, mine, though, is going to be a little different. I'm not going to go receiver. I'm not going to go running back. I'm going to go with Cam McDonald. I think that Mike Norvell's offense, from what we saw last year, can be so incredible when you have a good tight end. I mean, look at that Preston Daniel play. Or was it? Yeah, it was Preston Daniel against North Carolina. You look at just the creative ways he likes to use that position, sneak them down the seam. And then you hear these interviews from Cam McDonald that are coming out of camp. He sounds fired up, sounds motivated. He just sounds like he's ready to lead a team. And that's the type of guy we need in that gadgety position at the tight end. Then you add in the fact that you've got Jordan Wilson coming back healthy. And now you're not asking Cam McDonald to do something he's not great at, which we all know is blocking. Look, he's not a terrible blocker. You watch his tape, but he's 6'4", 240. If you're thinking, oh, that sounds huge, Max. 240 at 6'4 isn't that bulky. Jordan Wilson, for context, is 6'3 and like 265. So if you can have him out there to spell on the blocking downs and just let McDonald get out there to catch the ball in space, he could have a hell of a year at that position, in my opinion, and possibly be your offensive MVP. Uh, MVP. Also, he has some dope, dope apparel. I love his logo that he actually has. He does. You know, I, I'm right there with you with Cam McDonald. I mean, he was a four-star tight end for California for a reason, and from all accounts, his route running is, you know, improved. His hands are all have always been very solid. His blocking your right leads a little bit desired, but it's also because he's not not that he's not bad at it, but it's also like he's there are better options that we have for blocking in Jordan Wilson, who literally is a sixth offensive lineman. And like you're right, it's gonna allow Cam to do what he does best and catch the seam route, catch a slant route. And that definitely like to me, Cam McDonald is gonna be some a big reason why that Wicks are gonna be winning some games this fall. So who do you think ends up being the overall offensive MVP? Everyone's on the table. Coming back, new guys, quarterbacks, whoever you want to name. Who, who, who is your preseason you hope he's going to be the most valuable player on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, so I think I know that FSU is known a lot for, you know, defensive backs. We That's why we call ourselves DBU. And, you know, nationally we're known as DBU. But I think we also forget that we have a great, great history of running backs, whether it be Dalvin Cook, Cam Makers, Devontae Freeman, a work done. Uh, to me, that is, that's going to be Jason Corbin. And Jason Corbin, that was the one big thing that we were really, really hoping for to him to come back to his pre-hamstring injury that he suffered over at Texas A&M. And from all accounts is that he is, he's mentally just stronger. He's bigger. 
And he, to me, is someone who's definitely going to be a leader in that locker room, probably alongside Jordan Travis, alongside Mackenzie Milton. And that's someone that the entire offense is going to be running a lot more through that this season. So to me, if we want to go to, I think we can win nine games. If we want to get to that benchmark, I think Jayshon Corbin actually is going to be a big catalyst for that because I have he, we need him to be, do that well. That is a bold claim, Cotton. Let's see how it pays off for him. But I like it, man. Hey, if we win nine games, I think it's going to be, be because my boy Jordan Travis is the offensive MVP. Or we can name anyone. I really think it's going to be him. I think Jordan Travis, I think he's motivated by competition. I think when we talk to Coach Eric Kresser, we know that Travis, while he seems quiet, he definitely has that Michael Jordan mentality of he plays better with a chip on his shoulder. So tell him he can't do it. Tell him you had to bring in this grad transfer to beat him out for the job. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. I think if, if we have a good offensive line, which I know we keep talking about it, but hey, it's a Florida State podcast. What do you think we're going to talk about, right? Like we've got, if we can have Dylan Gibbons and Bavion locking down the guard spots with Maurice Smith in between them at center, and then, you know, we'll figure out the tackle situation. It sounds like Jalen Goss is a big guy. He's coming along. We just heard great things from you about Robert Scott on the left side. We got a few names we can throw there so they can stay healthy and they can open up holes. And it's not just Jordan making them look better, but it's them making Jordan's game better. The literally the exact reverse of last year. He could do some special stuff with his legs. His arms come along. You give him to 57, 58% in the throwing. That's a nine win team right there. Plain and simple. Anyway, I, regardless of who the MVP is, I think we could have a pretty good team this year. And I don't know if I'm just falling victim to that point of the preseason where we're just convincing ourselves that we're going to be good at football or if it's actually true. I'm going to choose to believe the latter and really hope it's not the former. But before we get into who we're going to see and who like our emerging stars are going to be from the new guys, both transfers and new to the program entirely out of high school. Folks, I got to tell you about Bill Bar. Built bar. They need a jingle. They don't have a jingle. They need a jingle I can sing. But until they get that, I'm just going to tell you to go get yourself some built bars. They're delicious. They're nutritious. They are not fictitious. They are, I, oh man, that's a tough one. Anyway, I'm on the road this week, folks, and I can't take liquids through security, but fortunately, I did bring my 12 pack of built bars to the Penn Stater Hotel up here in State College. Got out of class today, crushed a built bar. You already know the chocolate peanut butter. Delicious, phenomenal choice. Yeah, you already know I washed it down with a big old soda and I got my sugar that way. But hey, I'll tell you what, it would have been worse if I had a sugar and the candy bar. So go get yourself five grams of sugar, five grams of carbs, five, 18 grams of protein, whatever it is, grab a Built Bar. You know, you'll, your stomach will thank you now. You can thank me later. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. And folks, after you've had a built bar and you are making sound decisions because your stomach is full and your head is your head, your mind is focused. You can tell whose stomach isn't full right now. Head on over to betonline.ag and play the game we are about to play right now with our betonline.ag line of the day. Yeah, folks, that's why they don't put us in charge of making the jingles. <laughs> Bet online doesn't make a jingle either. So I got to make them up. If you want them to make one, you know, I don't know, right into them and say, we're sick of Max's singing. We need you guys to make a jingle. Drake, I want a quick hitter here. I want you to just give me your knee jerk reaction to the betonline.ag line of the day. This one makes absolutely no sense, in my opinion. Ohio State, Oregon, September 11th, 
college football game of the year, Ohio State is a 13-point favorite at home. Am I crazy, or is that is that highway robbery to just go put your mortgage on Ohio State? Yeah, I'd put it up to 17 and a half. Can, can I ask a question? Why did we just – who decided Oregon was, was good all of a sudden? Well, Justin Herbert. Okay, he's gone. Year. Marcus Mariota before that. Okay, he's, he's, he's also gone. I mean, going uh, into this year, who decided that Oregon is like a top 10 team? I mean, they play in the Pac-12. They, they, were, they were able to blow the record. So, I guess. they all, Didn't they also get jiffy stomped by Iowa State in the, bowl, in the Rose Bowl last year? Yeah, they did. I made so much money on that. Like 35-17. <laughs> and yet, I see them post today where it's like, oh, yeah, Iowa State a top 10 team. They, they can't compete with the, the big guys like this guy, you know, Ohio State with this, with Oregon. I was like, I can't get They literally just beat them eight months ago, dude. At least Google their schedule before you, you know, decide to compare them to other teams. But or, nothing about Oregon's football team tells me they're going to be any kind of decent at any point in the next half decade. They have, they have one good player, and he plays in the position that is the easiest to avoid on the field, and that's defensive end. Like, I don't care how good Kavion Thibodeau is. What do you do? Triple team him every time. Put two offensive linemen and a running back on him. Great. You have the whole right side of the field because no one else on that team is any good at football. And you're going to be laughing all the way to the bank. If you go to betonline.ag, you make an account, use promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Put in 200 bucks, get 100 back, throw it all on there. And then, I don't know, September 12th, buy your girlfriend something nice. Tell her to thank me for part of it because I told you about this line. You got to go get it before it moves, though, because, again, this is a travesty of line making. So go, go do it. Now, I was going to end on that, but then I realized it's not called action. BetOnline.ag, promo code, locked on. I don't know. Sometimes I get excited about lines, but I'm more excited about talking about our newcomers because we have two sets of newcomers this year. We've got both the new kids on the block, the recruiting class, and the immortals. If you wonder, hey, Max, who are the immortals? It's what we've dubbed our cadre of transfers that have come in for one very specific mission. They're all here for one to two years, and their goal is to win football games for head coach Mike Norvell. Drake, let me just ask you this. We're going to stick to offense, but from the immortals, who are you most excited about on offense? On offense, okay, I'm trying to think right now at the top of my head. So basically, we have Dylan Gibbons, Andrew Parchment, and DJ Williams, correct? Yeah, or you could say Mackenzie Melton. I, I would accept. There, there, no one's off limits right now. Mackenzie's fair game if that's you. It's a bit of a cop-out, but if that's who you want to go with. You See, that, that's why I asked. I'm like, you know what? I'll just pick someone different because I am very excited about Mackenzie Melton, but you're right. It is kind of a cop-out. So, you know what? I'm actually going to go with your boy, um, Dylan Gibbons, and that's mainly because I, wa- I really want to see someone that comes from a pedigree of great stellar offensive line play from Notre Dame, and he brings it to our locker room, and hopefully, to me, I see him basically – as the big brother, you know, takes over, you know, helps Darius Washington, Dante Lucas, Rod Orr, and the kids that are coming in. because He's, he's going to be here for like two years. And I'm very excited to see like how he helps develop this line and how he actually, you know, solidifies his spot like, as a linchpin of the offensive line. Because I really do think that he can actually bring us forward and actually probably be a second coach along with Alex Atkins. I hope so. I, you know, I am a little concerned about the shape he reported in. I think we've seen some pictures of him that are a little – he just doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't look like he's in game playing shape yet, but I agree. Having that winning pedigree, that championship mentality. I mean, he played for a, a team that made two playoff appearances in three years. So he's got to know a thing or two about a thing or two, or was it? He's got to know a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. So I'm excited to have him in the locker room, but I think the MVP of the immortals 
on offense at least, is going to be DJ Williams. I'm really, really excited to see him backing up Jay Sean Corbin. I don't think he'll be a starter because, well, I, if Jay Sean Corbin, let me put it this way. If Jay Sean Corbin is what we're hearing he could be, he won't be Dalvin level, but I imagine he'll be Devontae Freeman level. I mean, he really has the... He'd be K-Makers. I think he would legitimately be in the same level as K-Makers, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of a better comparison because he's so big. I, I, and that's the thing. He may be a type of back we've never seen before. I don't think he'd be Cam Akers quite that. I don't think he's the Dalvin or the or the Devontae in the speed department, but he is so damn – he's like, like, like Carlos Williams, but with actual ball carrier vision, right? Like that's what we're hearing he could be, and that is a terrifying yet tantalizing prospect. So and I'm pumped for him. The, and he can throw the ball too. And he can which, throw the which, ball. Which is where I get from Cam Akers. Remember, you came Akers, but quarterback. That's true. Very true. But I anyway, I'm getting off topic. But my MVP of the Immortals is going to be DJ Williams because I think when you've had 220-pound Jay Sean Corbin busting up your defense for four or five plays in a row, and then you bring a smaller but like meatier, more built guy in to run into him one more time, you're going to see him break a couple of runs that are going to be very, very big. And you're going to see him have some short runs that are going to end very, very loudly with him running people over. So either way, I'm really excited to see what he can bring. But let's talk about the new kids on the block. Who are you most excited for from last year's recruiting class that is currently on campus on the offensive side of the ball? Probably, I'm going to probably go with someone by the name of Joshua Burrell. And that's someone that I... You mean the defensive end that they're letting catch footballs in his spare time? Yeah, I need. I really need to get back to Tallahassee as soon as possible because from all reports, is like he is like now like six three and like two thirty, or he's like he's just a massive monster. I really want to see. I'm hearing people like want to move him to tight end. I'm like, if he keeps like his like decent speed, leave him a wide up, make him like a natural nightmare, like going across landing in the slot position. Like just leave him there. I think that he would be a great asset there. But he was one like to me, he looks like Anquan Bolton light, and I would love to have someone like that, especially you know for Hall of Famers. So give me Joshua Burrell. Yeah, no, I, I, dude, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you talk about, here's what I don't understand. And this is, this is something that just it kind of perplexes me. And I, where I think the way I think I explain it is people, we get bored. We need something to talk about and position changes are, they're intellectually lazy to bring into a discussion, but they're easy conversation fodder. If a kid can be successful at a position with, different than normal size attributes in the sense that he's too quote unquote too large, but there's no deficiency. Like he's not too slow. Why would you move him to a different position? They always big receiver. Oh, move him to move him to tight end. Why Josh Pearl squatting 505 pounds. He's by all accounts, just as fast as everyone else on the field. I'd rather have that out wide because no cornerback can cover him. Why would I bring him inside where he's going to have guys that are bigger than him at linebacker checking him as he's trying to get to the middle of the field and get in the seam when you already have two massive tight ends that can both catch the ball makes no sense. So I love the Burrell pick, but mine that I'm most excited for you already know is I just, I love, you know, I love the tall guys. Sorry. I do not afraid to admit it. It's 2021, baby. I can, I can love whatever I want because love is love. And I am most excited of the new kids on the block to see Rod Orr. I want to see six foot six, 315, 320 pounds, at the tackle position, using all of that length to hold the dudes back like a bouncer at a redneck bar after about 1030 when all the fights start breaking out. Man, I'm excited for that. So I'm, I'm pumped to see Rod Orr. I imagine, you know, he, I don't think, by the way, 
remember, we're talking about the new kids on the block here, Driz. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be the best guy on the team or he won't even be a starter. But of the new guys on offense, it's either him or it's Malik McLean. But I didn't want to pick a wide receiver because you picked one. So, um, I, but McLean is is someone I could gush about for days. I don't need to do that because we saw him in the spring game. We know what he can bring. I mean, gosh, guys, go to Seminoles.com and just look at the catch he made from uh, from uh, Mackenzie Milton on the deep ball. I mean, this kid, that this kid's going to be the future of our wide receiving core. But we can talk about him later in the week when we talk about team overall all stars of newcomers. Frankly, I I, I kind of want to save him. So I think that's enough of the people's time today, Drake. Don't don't you think? I mean. You know, I know they love hearing our voice, but maybe we let them go about their Tuesday. I think so. I just want to give one hot take before we head out. Just oh, like yeah, that's right. We're getting, sorry. Wait, wait, guys. Hey, folks, it's you're getting Max in school brain. Bear with me this week. Next week, I'll be out of it. I'll be back to the same Max you always know. This week, a little tired, making Drake's job a little harder on the editing. But we're going to end this with uh, a new segment I just made up, like every segment we do. Drake's hot takes. Drake. Hot take, cold take, baby. Give me your hot take. Give me your cold take. Cold take it. Wait, we can't have cold takes because the season has started. Never mind. Give me a hot take now, and if it sucks, it'll be a cold take next week. There we go. I'll leave that in actually. I just like that a lot. My hot take is that Jordan Travis will lead the team in red zone targets, and I mainly say I want to see him actually line up in the slot. I want to see him as an extra running back or maybe the running back in the backfield. Or maybe, you know, him and Jason Corbin. I legitimately think that the team wants to put their best players on the field at all times. Jordan Travis is that for your offense. And it doesn't matter if he's throwing the ball. It could be catching the ball. It could be running the ball. But I legitimately think that him with the ball in his hands is almost like Percy Harvin, like with the way he's able to move and everything. So to me, I see Jordan Travis leading the team in red zone targets as a pass catcher. Folks, sorry we didn't get you an episode yesterday. I haven't done this in a while. But maybe it's just, it's, I don't know, it's been a long night. I just want to tell you all from the bottom of my heart, I love you. Thanks for listening. We can only do what we do because you do what you do. And that's listening to us every single day from all over the country, different time zones, different places, different faces. I don't know. But wherever you're listening, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Pods, make sure you follow us. That way you get the notification right there at the top of the list when we publish new episodes, which is typically every Monday through Friday. And make sure you leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you love about us. Tell us your best dad joke. Definitely keep listening. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll keep making them. You keep coming back. I'm Max. That's Drake. And this was Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. <laughs>